You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 284. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday life. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. I hope you have enjoyed part one. This is the part two to the Emily episode or the Emily client session. So this is the follow-up, the second remaining hour. We do two-hour sessions, and right now we're currently splitting them into two parts, so we're not inundating you guys with dozens of hours of content. And I hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, you can already tell from episode part one with Emily that she has a very strong connection to her inner voice. And because of personal reasons, she is asked to be anonymous, just known as Emily. And in this episode or this part of our conversation, we went even deeper and her inner voice connection got even stronger and we went on even broader subjects. So you may notice that theme as we get into aspects like dating and others as well. And also there are parts that were intensely personal for Emily and she asked to keep those private for herself for now, which obviously I wanna respect as well. So we've done that and we have taken those pieces out. So hopefully you can enjoy and get a sense for what we covered that she felt comfortable to share. And yeah, I'm just so excited to share these client sessions. I've already recorded a few others to share with you guys in the weeks as well. And the power behind this connection people are making within themselves is truly, not always the same, it looks different for every person. So don't assume that your connection has to look like Emily's or anyone else's that comes in the future. But you'll also see the variety of different ways people engage with this inner voice and how their minds show up and all the fun analogies that are coming out of our conversations as well to help you understand potentially your own mind and your own inner voice or the mind in you and the inner voice in you in a greater way than ever before as well. I'm just so pleased and delighted to bring this to you. Let's go to the show. Let's pick up where we left off in our last session or last part. What you just shared was that your ego is like, oh my God, I can't change my career and I can't go into storytelling. But if I do, I need to be the best. I need to be the Quentin Tarantino or the whoever it, your mind, mm -hmm. who's, who's the person your mind wants to surpass, the ego mind wants to surpass if it's going to do this? J.K. Rowling. There you go. I got to be <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Small, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can't do this. And what it's kind of saying is like, if you're not going to be J.K. Rowling, true or false, if you can't be J.K. Rowling, to, I'm speaking to the mind, it's not yeah. worth doing. No. No, why not? Okay, we're gonna talk to the mind right now. Going to the mm -hmm. mind, using the neck, going to the mind. Why isn't it worth doing if we can't beat J.K. Rowling? Because otherwise, what's the point? Might as well continue doing what you're doing now. Why is it only if I'm like the best-selling author or person of all, t storyteller of all time, why do I have to be the best? This is to the mind. Because if your story doesn't touch as many people as her, what's the point? Okay, we're gonna now take that. Mm -hmm. Thank you, mind. You're the neck. You're a beautiful mm -hmm. neck. You're going to pivot. Going back down to well of wisdom. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> What's the point of doing this if I'm not as good as J.K. Rowling? This isn't a competition. This is really about how you tell your stories with your voice. There is an audience. In fact, there is a much wider audience than you even believe that is waiting and actually just need to hear the stories that you have to tell. Why do I have to tell them and not someone else like J.K. Rowling? Because they're yours. It's your perspective. It's your experience. It's your feelings. And no one else has that. 
even J.K. Rowling, as good as she is, does not have what you have. Does that mean what I have is better than what she has? There is no better. There is no worse. There just is. Is being just is enough? Yes. Why does it the always ego is enough? Why does the ego never feel like there is enough? There's these stories around, you know, celebrity notoriety. Wait, 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 wait. Checking neck. I'm checking a little yeah. neck thing. Keep listening. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying that wasn't from your inner voice. I just mm -hmm. want to check in to keep listening word by word. Mm -hmm. Why does the ego feel like there never is enough? That is the job of the ego. The ego has to keep you going. And part of keeping you going makes you fear that you either haven't done enough or you still haven't reached your fullest potential. It is a game. It is a waltz. It is a dance. It tells you you should go for it. It tells you not to. And your job right now is at every moment is to just focus and just be who you are meant to be. Who am I meant to be? It's so confusing. I got this mind. I got this neck and I got you. Like, who am I meant to be? You are just meant to be in tune with what makes you excited, what makes you playful. You are a child. You're childlike. And it is about tapping into that playfulness. You have this entire world, this entire life, this entire playground at your disposal. And it is all about, at every single moment, what is it that you want to play? I can just play all the time? All the time. What about it all is, the suffering people in the world? What can you do about it? Is there anything that you can do that is playful that can help other people there's this obsession with helping others without understanding that the goal here is to help yourself because by being yourself you will find a way to give back to others i'm gonna cry you don't even know it's coming through i don't think do you no okay what does it feel like for those listening are probably going like me like tears in their eyes and goosebumps all over their body what is it when you're doing this what are you feeling physically in your body I feel just like I'm open and I'm not even hearing the words. It's just sort of coming through. It feels confusing because sometimes I'm like, is that a sentence? And then I know I'm like, well, don't think about it. Just don't just think about talking. it. Yeah. Just keep saying yeah. it word for word, word by word. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Like just letting it come through. Did you meditate a lot before this or do you think that that's helped? Or I'm not saying it actually has done a damn thing, but mm -hmm. do you think that's factored in at all or no? What allows you to stay so yeah. open? My abounding curiosity for what's going to come up. That's why I'm just sort of calmly like, okay, I'm not fighting it as well. I'm just sort of, sort of like, oh, what? this is so new for me too. I'm like, talk about like, this is like fun. This is playful. I don't know yeah. what's happening. It's and that's what cool. it told you to do, by the way. I don't know if you caught that, but it said basically you're here to have fun and play in the world and find a way if it is playful and fun to share that play with others in the world. Yeah. How does that feel? It feels amazing because I have, we all, I think all, a lot of us have this thing where we watch the news and we see all this suffering and we don't know what we can do about it. It's very overwhelming because what can one person do to help others? And, you know, we all try and help in different ways. And the idea that maybe through, I don't know, being yourself and playfulness, that there's a way of reaching out and being able to help others. I mean, I find that much more, I'll take that over despair, the misery around me. Okay, yes. 
a million percent. I'll just like step in a little and share for like what I do. Okay. I knew this Mm -hmm. early on. I think this was like a benefit for me. I knew I was not here to be Mother Teresa. I build schools in places they don't have them. And I love that that's like a byproduct of me living a beautiful life. Mm -hmm. Me doing, if it looks like reading every day, staring at my eyelids every day, taking a hiatus or making a bunch of content, it is Mm -hmm. only because it's joyful for me to do so. And what tends to bring me the most joy sometimes looks like helping people and sometimes it looks like reading books over and over and over and over again. And sometimes it looks like eating a lot of chocolate and sometimes it looks like eating no chocolate. And sometimes it looks like staying in beautiful places and sometimes it looks like traveling and sometimes it looks like whatever it looks like. But I knew that by helping the way I knew I would bring me alive, which is what this is, I wasn't here to be a teacher and teach mindfulness to students like little kids. But I taught flow and two teachers took flow from Canada. They took their teaching skills and their mindfulness skills and the flow skills they learned from class. And now they're using that and teaching mindfulness in schools to teachers, administrators, and students. And they're actually now working with us in C-School. So they created C-School Family. So there's actually content for C-School directed to kids based on the content for adults. But I didn't have to do that. I did my beautiful life where I drink mochas and I eat chocolate and I stay in pretty places and you tapping into this work are going to go tell Mm. stories. Mm. I have a friend, Catherine Greer, who's a beautiful author in Sydney, who's doing Mm. teen writing and children's writing and does all these amazing things. That's her thing. Mm. You by telling stories are relieving concern. Jim Carrey likes to put it like, like relieving concern for people in the storytelling. And that brings them joy. And they feel better in their day. And then they're going to go do something different. The point of the universe is to have variation. It's Mm. not to be clones of one another. The mind wants to clone itself and be JK Rowling rather than to be yourself. Or wants to be even better than her. It's like it makes a whole new false identity to be even grander than what it perceives. But JK Rowling was so compelled. She started writing on a napkin I believe, Mm -hmm. in like some coffee shop or some bus or train or something like that. And she was homeless, I think, at that point or around that time. Or something like that, yeah. Right? She wasn't doing it to be J.K. Rowling. She was doing it because it was coming through her just like what you're doing right now. Can we keep going with this like inner voice stuff? Because you are a fountain of wisdom. It's You aren't even a well. You're a fountain right now. Not And this is not to the ego mind. This is not identifying yeah. there, but we've got a fountain going on. It's flooding and we're enjoying it. I love this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I want to start and, and what we're ultimately doing is asking what's right for you. And if the answers come through for anyone else and they resonate, great. If they don't for anyone else listening to this, if when we go into this, because this is going to be a hot topic for a lot of egos, what I'm going to say, the mind and a lot of people, Ask your own inner voice. Don't discredit. This is going to be true for you. But this if this rings not true for someone else, the invitation there is not to throw this out. The invitation for anyone else is for them to go in and ask what's true for them. Okay? So if this rubs any minds or egos the wrong way, what you're going to get, some of people will totally get it. And other people's minds might have stories that contradict this. The invitation then for those people is for them to do the same thing you're doing in themselves, not to stay stuck in the story the mind makes up about how wrong the answer you're going to give is. Mm-hmm. Does this make sense? Because it's not wrong. It's true for you. 
This is completely yep. the best, most true thing that I can give you possibly about yourself and what's true for you. For other people, it'll resonate. For others, it might not. But then the invitation for them is to go into themselves, not to reject what yours says, but to go into themselves for their own truth, not to yep. stay stuck in the mind story that is just repeating because it's been told it before by someone else. And this is, and what's mostly out there in the water is if we look at this as an ocean, like the world, the mind is up at the choppy waters at the surface. There's these deep, peaceful undercurrents underneath that you're tapping into. Literally, we say the fire hydrant up in your head is really high up mm -hmm. in your body. The deep down, you're going deeper into the waters, deeper into your body, lower. The deep current of peace resides there. The choppy waters are so loud and they're just proliferating. So people are just telling story after story after story and the mind is just attaching to all of them and growing up from zero to eight. It's literally in the subconscious state downloading anything anyone says around them as general truth, generally speaking, not like everything specifically, but even stuff the conscious mind can't even understand or doesn't make sense to the conscious mind. The subconscious might have captured it because it just flowed down the river near it one day. It doesn't even mean that it was true, real, or useful, but they still may be holding on to that, just like you've been holding. I mean, you've just noticed in the last session, like how many things did you hold on to, like busyness and um, this whole story sacrifice. about fam? Yeah, sacrifice, busyness, age. I'm too old to do this. My family and work and all this stuff, right? So there's a ton of crap that was just captured, kind of like floating around in the top of the the river in the water, and it's just like debris. It's just debris, and so don't let the debris for anyone else hold them back from going down to their own peaceful undercurrent that might be a different undercurrent than yours. So, mm -hmm. all right, let's talk about the news. Ooh, okay. Hot topic. Okay, we're going down to the well of wisdom, the fountain of wisdom in you. So is it my job to pay attention to the news? No, it is not your job to pay attention to the news. Why not? Because they're not your stories. Oh, but isn't it every, what everybody's saying? All the minds seem to say that it's our job as to be good citizens to watch the news. No. Your job is not to listen to other people's stories. Your job is to listen inside to your own story. The other stories are only distractions that are keeping you in this particular pattern for whatever reason. You decide that you want to stay in it. You decide to stay involved in it. You decide to have those relationships. And what we mean by relationships, we mean that you actually attach emotions to these stories and you somehow feel that they're dragging you in. That is not your job. What is my job? Your job is to listen to your own story and to keep it moving. That is the only job that you have. How can I share my stories in the most authentic way? You need to write every day, but not, sorry, my next pivoting. One sec. How did you catch it? How'd you know for anyone else that's doing this? Because my body felt cold. <gasps> my body went from warm to cold. So it feels warm when you're open. Yeah. So what do you do now to get back in it? Just verbalize it just quickly, just for anyone else, because you're doing such a beautiful job at this. So I'm just listening to my heartbeat. <sighs> okay. All right. Let's go back to that heart. Mm -hmm. It said to write every day. That's what I should do. Mm -hmm. Yes, but the writing isn't chapters. The writing isn't, you know, think of it more as a brainstorm. You just need to get all your thoughts out. You need to get all the stories out. You can create the overall arch, the, all the characters. And, and this is everything where the mind is trying to, like, start. That's why I'm feeling resistance right now. The mind's trying to come in and with, like, story arcs and stuff. But not listening to that. Just get every thought 
every emotion out on paper every day. That's all. Oof. I know. Good job. Great job. You're yeah. like you're like there's like a wild horse trampling up up in the head and you're doing Ooh. a really good job pivoting the neck back down. One word at a time. You can go slow. You're going so quickly, which is fine and beautiful if it comes out that way, but go slowly one word at a time. There's this belief that somehow you aren't a real storyteller until you've written it down. It is incorrect. All you have to do is speak. All you have to do is write. All you have to do is think. Those are the stories that are coming out. And what we mean by think is to tapping in to that voice that's deep inside. There's these stories that you know you want to get out. And right now there's a resistance to them because you believe they're not good enough. However, they are the actual stories you have to tell. They are based on emotion. They are based on your experience. They are based on, we call it creativity. There's all these characters in your mind that don't exist, but they actually do deep inside and you need to let them out. Whether you speak, whether you write, whether you film, it doesn't matter. You just have to get them out. What does getting them out look like for me? Getting them out for me means that they're no longer just sitting in my head. There's something about talking about them. Creativity is the process of making a thought real. Creativity is about making those images in your mind come to life so that others can share in that moment with you. Once they're out and once I begin to share them, how can I do so in a way that is aligned with you? Something to note, once you have shared a story, it no longer belongs to you. Once you've shared the story and the characters, they belong to the individuals who hear them. They start to embody them. As such, any sort of medium that you pick, you have to understand that once you let it go, it no longer belongs to you. It's not my job to market them and make them the most successful things in the world, like J.K. Rowling? No, your job is just to get them out. Once they're out, my mind is going to go crazy about this whole marketing thing. So how can I stay true to the alignment within myself when the mind starts to show up around getting it out there to the maximum number of people, blah, blah, blah? If you speak from the heart, you will start moving people. Sorry, one sec. My ears are burning. Take a, take a breath. Take a breath. You are doing so incredible. I'm just guessing that these are things that you want to know the answers to. So mm -hmm. I'm just uh, getting it out there. I'm getting ahead of your mind because I know it'll be the next things that'll most like. I have a mind too. So it's not yep. that different than yours. We share that. <laughs> yeah, we all do. We all have that organ. Like we all have a heart or a pacemaker or whatever is keeping the blood pumping, right? We all mm -hmm. have this organ. It's not that different. It's really not. Mm -hmm. But we also have this undercurrent of peace and that's yeah. less known. And anyways, I'm just kind of projecting ahead. I've mm -hmm. had a lot of experience with ego for 33 years. So I'm yeah. just uh, presenting what I think your ego wants to know the answers to. So you mm -hmm. can go back and you can listen to this. So I'm getting ahead of you right now. Right now, I'm helping you mm -hmm. have peace in the present moment. And in the future, when that present moment, you get the stories, you capture them and you get them out there, then the mind's going to go, okay, what's next? And this is where you go back. And it's going to, you can always tap back in in that moment. But mm -hmm. I'm helping you in this moment, which is also the present moment of now, understand the piece of this whole process. How to have yep. peace in the present moment about all of the processes. Because even after we get off this call, your mind's gonna go, what the hell happened? It's gonna wanna listen to the whole thing and start projecting, if mm -hmm. I have this magical source of wisdom in me, is this gonna make me JK Rowling? Because that's a one note wonder, that's its thing. So we're gonna yep. have this 
to go, okay, now I know that once that story is captured, I know what to do next in the general sense of how to approach what the mind tends to try to control, which is once it's created, how am I going to make it the most massive thing in the world? Okay. How's your ears right now? Giving it a little break. Yeah. How are you feeling as the neck? Neck's good. It's back in the, in the place I want it to be. Okay, good. All right. So let's go back down to the fountain. Mm -hmm. All right. So marketing, just give me a little sermon on marketing, please, so that I can have this myself in the future. Yep. Marketing is just another way of storytelling. Marketing is literally telling the story of what you have to offer is of value to others. It is not something that has to be of an effort. You just need to be able to speak freely and openly about what it is that you're trying to share. You have these goals and marketing. You have all these ideas about targets and people and likes and not likes and comments. And, and frankly, all you have to do, all you have to do is stay in alignment Stay true to your stories and actually share because it is people's emotions. And when they start falling in love with your stories and what you have to say, they will start sharing it for you. Marketing is not something that you need to worry about. Your stories will do the telling for you. I'm like crying. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. I'm falling in love with your stories and you haven't even written them yet. Okay, now I'm going to ask the neck or the mind. Okay. What's showing up that we can uncover and shine light on? What's like any other things around storytelling? Where is any other little thorns in the mind side? Who wants to hear what you have to say? Okay, all right, let's start there. Who wants to hear Mm -hmm. what I have to say? I need to hear what you have to say. We need to hear what you have to say. Everyone needs to hear what you have to say. Not everyone will connect. Not everyone will like it. Not everyone want will want to continue to listen to what you have to say. But currently, there is a need for you to share what it is you have to say. So it's enough. I'm enough. You're enough. It is the emotional and energetic connection that you will be having with other people that will inspire them to move forward with their own lives. Should I write these stories or capture these stories from this fountain of wisdom? Or is there another source within myself I should find them from? You are always in conversation with us. You are always getting these stories out. How you choose to get those stories out is up to you. So I get to decide. You get to decide. And it might also be that in the spur of the moment, you don't have a piece of paper, so you can't write it down. So you have to shout it out, get a box, stand up and start talking to people. It might be that you need to just engage in a conversation with someone. It might be that you need to record yourself on your phone one day. It might be that one day you just need to type everything down on an Evernote or whatsoever. It doesn't matter how you get the story out. What matters is that it is allowed to flow. Who am I talking to right now? They're shy. They're shy. Do you do I need to know who I'm speaking to right now? No. Why not? Does it matter who it is that's speaking to you right now? Well, let's ask you. So I'm going to ask the neck. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Does it matter who you're speaking to? I know how I feel. Yeah. This is why I don't try I to define it. This is why I'm over yeah. trying to go. Is it Joe? Is it God? Is it me? Is it blah, yeah. blah, blah? Is it necessary? No. Do I hear the word we? Yes, I typically do as well. And it says we. And you know what? Here's my like human mind, like little thought on this, because people might go, okay, like what you're coming out with is very, very, very powerful. I don't know either. And I like that it's it's not necessarily needing to be defined. 
which is fine. Mm-hmm. But what I like to think of it possibly is it could be a guy. It could be all of those things we've already talked about. But one of the other possibilities I like to think about is like, let's, if we, if we have a soul, I don't really know. But if I think of it, I think of it like a crystal, a geode, mm-hmm. a crystal geode. So mm-hmm. a crystal geode, if you guys have ever seen them, it's like rough on the outside. It looks like a rock on the outside, but inside it's all these different beautiful facets and it makes it very sparkly inside. I like to think of the personalities, the human lives that we've had, the mind, in this human form and maybe other forms as well as little facets of that crystal inside the mm-hmm. geode. So each of the many lives are the little crystal facets. And then the general rock, the full piece that we're looking at, the full half of that little geode or the full geode if it's not seeing light, to me is what I kind of think of as the soul, the binding force that's had or experienced all of those lives. So when it says we to me, I don't know if this is true. This is truly my just lively mind speaking right now. Mm -hmm. The mind within me conceptualizes this as possibly that it's a It could be a whole spirit guide council. I don't know. But it could also just be the wisdom of my many selves that have had many lives. But it's like that general big thing. And now recently, I just last night, it's so funny, I watched Oprah and Gary Zukov in a Uh recent episode. And they referred back to his first interview with her. And he was asked to define the soul. And he said that it's kind of like a mothership. Now, this is like they show a picture of like the Nina Pinta Santa Maria type of uh, scenario, like big sails and everything. Mm -hmm. And they say, and I, this is like a really bizarre, I would come up with a different one. So maybe we'll see what shows up for me. Maybe it's crystal. That's kind of what I'm thinking of. But mm-hmm. the way they describe it in his uh, interview was there's a mothership that's like the really big soul. And then there's all the little ships following like little skiffs and smaller ships around this big sailed ship that are following in the flow of it. And the mothership is guiding these little ships, but the little ships are the personality, the human, the you that's, you know, mm-hmm. the neck and the, that has the mind it's dealing with in this lifetime has the choice to go anywhere at once in the ocean, but it's far easier to follow the flow and the wake of the mothership than it is to go mm-hmm. against it. Now, what I find is that the ego likes to work hard and hustle and effort and grind, which it takes to go against a flow of something. And even Abraham loves to use a river analogy and talks about flow and how it's just doesn't use a ship analogy. It just says like the river of the current of life is, you know, the mothership, the soul is trying to take you in a certain direction. The human's just used to like building a canoe and rowing upstream, which is much harder and it doesn't need to be. And there's this huge shift. We're waking up, guys. We're starting to realize it doesn't have to be hard. We're starting to realize that you have this voice in you. And you don't have to use the mind as your guiding mothership, which is truly here for all that crap we just uncovered in the last section with us have effort, grinding, hustle, sacrifice, importance, being seen as the best and most ultimate or like the fear and the uncertainty. And also, can I also just share this with you in case this is useful for you as well? I believe that this we, we are also connected in the neck and the mind to this like source of animating consciousness that animates our bodies and all that is. So Mm -hmm. we're part of it. We're just feel the perception of more distance because we're not tapped into this source that has a stronger connection, but we're ultimately all, no matter what amount of it you're allowing, you're still made of the same particles. To me, if you look at the energy, I don't want to say energy 
but like the consciousness, because I, I think consciousness is different, I think, than energy. I don't know. This is the mind trying to understand these concepts that are very big, but which is hard for the mind to even conceptualize, but it loves to try to have concepts because that's how it thinks. So it doesn't know what to do otherwise. We have the knowing. We don't need to conceptualize it, right? You don't really need to know what this voice is, but the mind's curious about it. But if mm -hmm. you knew, if I said you wake up one day and you realize this is why I think that the uncertainty is so powerful for the soul or the part you're hearing from and so scary to the mind. If you wake up one day and you realized you are what we traditionally in the past called God, okay, you realize you're God and you can win every single lotto. If you play it, you'll win it. If you, every man is trying to marry you on the street, every single one, doesn't matter what you want, you'll get it. If every reader in the world is going to listen to your books, because you're God, so you, it's like virtual reality. You created the program, so you knew you get every single thing you want. I'm going to talk to your mind right now. Mm -hmm. The mind, how would that feel if you knew every day, no matter what, on every single subject, you'd look exactly like you wanted, you'd win everything. It's like virtual reality. You're in control. How would that feel to live that life? It's just can't. Would it be fun? To really know you're in control. This is no surprise. There's literally zero surprise because you know that you're going to – there's no uncertainty. No, it's boring. Yeah. How long would it be fun to play in that life? Five minutes. It's like, yeah, think of yourself in a video game. You go in the casino in the video game and you win every game. Like there's – like everybody dies. If you try to play the Mario, you know, all the little mushrooms die. You get every single coin. There's no way you can mess this up. Mm -hmm. It would be boring. Even to the mind, this would be boring. Yeah. Okay. So to me, what I think we're waking up to is realizing that we're a facet of this general, not even just like the little geode soul, but like the general geode, the general, like bigger full picture. We're going to wake up to this and it, that would be existentially boring as hell. It would become hell, right? The heaven would become hell because it would yeah. just be boring. The only way if you're playing this game and it still stays interesting, once you realize you've written the game or you're a facet of the part that's writing the game, whatever, that you're not actually that, you're actually intimately connected to what is being the creating and all of this. The consciousness is creating this reality. The only way this is still interesting is if you get surprises. So it shows up in ways you couldn't expect or prepare. The, the words expect mm -hmm. or prepare are the, the – in ways you cannot expect or prepare is a phrase I hear often from my inner voice. It's going to show up in a way you can't expect or prepare. And that drives my mind freaking nuts. But when I think about it, if I really, really, really had the physical mind-soul realization that I – and I felt that feeling of connectedness to everything and I knew this is all – I am the an aspect of the creator of all of this. It would be so boring unless I was surprised, unless things showed up in ways that surprised and delighted me. That's the only way it's still fun to me. What do you think? Yeah, it's almost like we're in a perpetual treasure hunt. It's like you get a clue and you're like you get all excited, then you you kind of go looking for the next clue and then you keep going and you keep going, but it never ends. No. No, it's not even ending in this reality. I think this is just an aspect of a dimension of a reality. This is just like the video game version of the soul's experience. We're just playing little avatars. We're playing The Sims, which I find so funny. Because if The Sims played the same game of trying to discover who they were as a Sim, and they didn't know we were playing The Sim. Now, honestly, I think of it a lot like that, too. If I'm playing The Sims like I used to, 
I would play different types. I mean, I could play the same type of character over and over and over again. But on like the 600th time, maybe I'd change it up and be an old man. Or maybe I'd just see what it's like to experience cancer. Or maybe I'd see what it's like to be aborted as a fetus. I would, I mean, if I'm going to play this for so many lifetimes, I might have a general direction that might kind of be more fun for me to play. But it's just like TV shows. We don't only watch typically over the course of our lives. We haven't only watched one typical type of TV show or movie. We've seen a variety of experiences played out on the screen or in stories because Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see different experiences. Doesn't mean they're always enjoyable experiences that we witness. I find, you know, I've read books about World War II. Like, would I want to go to a concentration camp? No, not specifically, not for internally, but would I read a book on that? Why did I read about Anne Frank? Right? Like, it was Mm -hmm. interesting. It was an experience to be had. And if you are never dying and this is never ending in terms of consciousness never dying and never ending then nothing really can defeat you even death doesn't defeat you so even cancer or horrible things that are suffering on this planet are ultimately to a consciousness that never dies just experiences just like when we watch a tv show we weren't we can watch and feel emotionally affected for a a brief period by a thing but it doesn't keep us the rest of our lives necessarily trapped in that experience it's just exactly. through the limitations of the mind that keep replaying any experience we've ever had over and over again that keep us as the character that we are re-experiencing the same trauma but to the consciousness that it is us it's just had an experience and moved on to the next and it's trying mm-hmm. to help us as the human i believe move on to the next and not stay so tied to the old stuff but the interesting choice that our neck has to pay attention to the mind the ego fire hydrant or to that well of wisdom makes the game more interesting. But I don't think it's always perpetually that way. I think that it's inevitable that the evolution of consciousness in human form as the sim eventually wakes up to there is a player playing itself. And it starts mm-hmm. to listen to what that player is instead of just going along its own fearful roots over and over and over again. But what a more interesting game to play for many lifetimes, not having the character realize that they're the creator of the game. That just blew my mind. (laughs) What it did is it blew the mind. It's not beyond, it's beyond the purview of the mind. No, it feels exciting. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Well, your own inner voice, thank you very much, inner voice, whoever you mysteriously are, for saying that the whole point of this reality, it said, I asked it, was about playfulness and excitement. And you feel that feeling as you listen to this perspective. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to do? Ooh, we're going to play. All right, get back down okay. into your fountain. Okay. Is what I'm, I'm playing here. We're improving. Mm-hmm. I want to know, because you've got such a good connection. Is what Jess shared kind of true? Are parts of that true? or? Yeah, it is exactly a game. You are playing a game. Everyone is a character. Even the animals, they all play a part in this growth of consciousness, it's about tapping into a bigger source of energy that you even realize and going with that. We are all expanding. The universe expands, you expand, ex- you know, consciousness expand. It is all about the collective experiences coming together to expand everyone's consciousness. Okay, what about when difficult things happen to certain people? You touched on that when you talked about if we did wake up and we realized we could just be God, it would be boring. 
And it's not to say that people's hardships is about creating entertainment, but it is about creating some contrasting experiences for them to better understand what it is that they actually do want. And for them to also understand that what is exciting to them isn't what they're currently experiencing. Is there anything more you want us to know on the subject? You know, hardship, there are some very difficult experiences that are happening in the world right now to individuals, to communities, to entire countries. There's an entire piece of consciousness that's attached itself to how can we help these individuals. However, if you look at the greater big picture, everyone seems to be suffering right now whether you are in North America, whether you're in the Middle East, and everyone's starting to compare the degrees of suffering that they're all having. It's like become this great big competition. And frankly, what really needs to be happening is people need to tap into what actually is happening to them, not to the world. They need to understand that basically there's an appreciation piece that needs to be had. So everyone has agreed to the part that they're playing in this thing. It sounds as horrible as it, as it might seem, but at the end of the day, you cannot have a victim if the victim doesn't agree to play that part. You also have someone who's agreed to play the hunter or the prey. You are doing so beautiful. What a beautiful way of staying open. Thank you so much. The following is for everybody. Love is not deserved. Love is. Love is not attached to anything other than it is a beautiful, powerful, energetic connection with yourself and other beings. There is no other definition of love. There is no conditions to love. There just is love. And the issue is, is when you block that energy flow, that is when you allow victimhood to come in. You have got to just believe, have faith, whatever sense that means for you, whether it's through God or 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 the universe or or even your parents, it doesn't matter. You just have to have faith that no matter what is happening to you, you are always, always loved. When she starts believing that she is unloved or she's not worthy of love, that is when she needs to be silent. She needs to just sit and she needs to feel love, not think about love. She needs to feel the love and let it flow because it's always flowing. How can she feel it when she feels blocked from it? She just needs to breathe. Why is breathing so important? This is a theme that many, many, many inner voices say. Why is breathing so important? Because in this body, the breath is that connection to life. It is literally feeling the energy go into your body and invigorate you. It is life. It is the present moment. It is the only time that you have to feel alive. Would you like to spend more time with us again in the future on the show? I'm still asking the fountain. Yes. How are you feeling, Emily? Well, I'm kind of terrified. Well, okay, so the mind is terrified, right? So what's the mind's fear around this? Well, I don't know. I just like there's things that we've talked about and even though I don't know the answer. I'm kind of, you know, I'm someone who's very guarded in terms of how I would express my opinion about something and we've touched on stuff that is very a personal but also personal to any individual that maybe I didn't have an experience of yeah. and I don't want to hurt other people's feelings. That's honestly where I'm at. I'm like, have I hurt people's feelings? Yeah. And I feel like asking those questions was also edgy for me because I know there's so much pain around those subjects, but you had such a strong connection 
and you were flowing so beautifully, letting it pour forth through you that I wanted to get that point of view in case it might be helpful for others. But my ego mind, the mind in me also felt that vulnerability because the human in me too doesn't want to hurt anyone or fears the reactions of people. Mm -hmm. But the inner part of me that deeply resonates at that level of peace and love that your inner voice is also speaking from also really wants to share that message, which kind of is like this edgy feeling of, oh my God, I'm going to go there. And it's just like, let's see what happens. So there's like the duality within myself for even asking the questions. Again, like and we can just for Emily and me as the human sitting here, mm. I would mm. encourage anyone that if you had a strong reaction to anything that she just came through you, it's not Emily that said that, if you will. Does this make sense? It's coming through her. If there was a strong reaction in anybody about what was shared, the invitation is not to reject this deep current of peace within Emily. The invitation is to go tap into the deep peace in you to find the answer that's right and true for you. So that doesn't mean that this is always true for everyone. It means if you find there is friction within yourself, don't direct the friction at the humans. We're just trying our best to help people. That's what we're trying to do right now, the best we can. And it's scary for the humans because the humans are the parts that fear all the uncertainty or judgment or shame or any of that other stuff, right? We're still, the, the mind still has that vulnerability within these minds of Emily and Jess. But the deep part of you has the peace for you if what was shared today does not resonate. There is a resonation in yourself. So go direct anything that feels unclear or not like the cozy sweater for you into the deeper part of you the way that Emily did. And you'll notice, as long as Joe doesn't edit out all of the, the little starts and stops that Emily caught herself. You could tell if you listen to those starts and stops, if they're still there, like when she'd rephrase something, she'd start again, she'd say a few words and then she'd hear something new. She was going word for word what she was experiencing and she would catch her mind and she would take a breath and then she'd settle back in. So that is something you can do as well if your ego mind, the mind in you is acting out as it's hard to ask these questions. So how are you feeling <laughs> when you signed up for this session? I don't think either of us expected what just happened, but how are you feeling? Uh surprised happily surprised a little like nervous and, and nervous in the sense that that this all came out and I don't remember saying like, well you didn't yeah. you were just yeah. the radio receiving the frequency if you want to think of it like that we changed mm -hmm. the channel what we did was we played three different channels or two really but kind of we're calling one the neck the third but really it's like kind of the next mostly the mind <laughs> just playing mm -hmm. another version of itself a little bit different but uh we got the mind frequency we got the neck which is kind of i'd say closer to the mind than the inner voice and mm -hmm. then the that deep fountain within you i feel like i need to sort of get to know myself a bit better <laughs> i feel like i don't know i just feel so calm right now what if we I, what I if we even... here we go here we go what if we relax on the term know thyself Right. Because like mm -hmm. that is like, OK, so what is the we and like, what's that me? And then it's saying we, but how am I the we? All of that stuff, right, can get really mm -hmm. trippy. What if we just yeah. start opening up the concept of myself? Just being more loose about it. Right. When I used to say intuition, intuition, then I said, Joe, Joe, you know, it's like now I'm just going to say inner voice and I'm not putting huge focused 
definitions or labels, I'm opening up to mm-hmm. being more loose mm-hmm. and free and less defined. So when you say, I oh, know I need to know myself better, it's like, well, then that's like a whole new, like you could spend another two years trying to piece apart what are you now, right? What if we just loosen up? Like you have, you're kind of the awareness of all of it. Yeah. I guess it's getting to know this voice better. Yeah, that voice this, is this good. I am so appreciative. This is literally mind-blowing to Jess Lively's The Mind. I am mm-hmm. blown away. But this is ex- this is beyond what I even thought season five would bring in every possible way and would you like to come back on and do more of this if you would you allow us to talk more to your fountain yeah i'm curious about it too you're telling stories really wise ones telling story thank you this has been an incredible experience honestly when i signed up like i said to you earlier i didn't think about it i booked it and then i put my phone down you didn't even think about what was I going to talk about. It's like, no, okay, I'm doing this. And that was it. I obviously don't think about really much about my career. <laughs> I just knew <laughs> I wanted to do it because I had time. And I really want to share like what's been coming through on the one-on-ones. But this is unlike anything I've ever experienced before. And I just want to thank you. I had no idea by asking those questions that I felt were just more of service of those listening, that they would be hot button subjects for Emily, the human sitting in front of me. So in those like last few, you know, I knew the general arches of what you wanted to talk about and we Mm -hmm. shared on those, but I also knew we were blowing through so much resistance so quickly that I thought we could kind of see what else was there to be shared. I didn't know. And I just thank you for being so vulnerable about things that I had no idea were so personal to you as well. Thanks for giving me a safe space to be vulnerable too. Of course, this is what I'm here for in every possible way is just help everyone take a big breath and drop their shoulders a little bit more. I have no end in sight of this. Obviously, I'll drop it tomorrow if my intervening or alignment changes. But to me right now, this is the most powerful thing I think we can contribute to the world is helping people let go of the mind and tap into the deeper part within themselves in any way possible. And thank you for showing how much is possible within someone normal. Like you did this like you were Esther almost. And you didn't have any formal training with this. This is just something you, how much have you practiced this beforehand? Just for those that are curious. Would you like just answering like that? Um, No. Well, have you ever done that? (laughs) Uh, No. Never. Okay. So that was new, but also with the writing. So you have been doing the writing before. How many letters do you think odd, you know, estimation? Oh, you know, I, I maybe do it once a week. So it's, it's pretty regular, but I ask my own questions. I've yeah. had someone else ask me questions. So yeah. Okay. So once a week for how long? A couple years. And has it, the ease of it and the amount of it gotten easier over the time? Yes. It's interesting because for anyone who's doing this, like you suddenly get to get a glimpse. You get to know that voice a little. You see glimpses of personality. Like, I remember once I asked a question. I was like, how am I going to get to Rome? I have this love affair with Italy. And my voice is playful and it wrote back on an airplane. And that's not what I meant. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I was like, okay. All right. Touche. Touche. That is the right 
Yeah. Yeah. I got that once when I got the name Joe, because I asked if it, if I had a spirit guide or teacher, I heard, yes, Joe. And then I said, well, how do I know I didn't make up that name? I have a podcast producer, Joe, who's listening to this as he edits. And I was like, well, why would you pick the name Joe? This is going to be mega confusing <laughs> on the show. And then I heard, you wouldn't have picked the name, would you? And I was like, well, yeah, no, I would never pick the name of my podcast producer for the name of this entity because this would be the most confusing thing possible. But that comment like shut me up because like it was funny and I was like, it actually shut me up to the point where I didn't keep asking it any other questions. It's just hilarious because I'd be like, that's the time to go in more, like go, go further. But I just, it shut me up just like you, the airplane. Emily, thank you so much for thank you. you the mind, the neck, and the fountain of wisdom, all three of them. I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a part of what I think is truly a really most magical way to start season five I could possibly imagine. Well, thank you for having me. That was an amazing experience for me too. And there you have it. Emily, thank you for coming on the show and thank you for listening. As you can tell, we had to cut out pieces of this part of the one-on-one -on -one client session for Emily's comfort and privacy, which was wonderful. And hopefully you still enjoyed all the elements we were able to share with you here in this show as well. The connection Emily has to her inner voice is truly incredible and really one of the most unique and strongest I have ever found in all of my years of doing this with people. So please do not feel like you already automatically have to have as strong of a connection. If you haven't, that's totally fine and normal. There's nothing wrong with you whatsoever. And if you have such a strong connection, you know now you're not alone. There's an incredible connection with Emily and it's really a joy. And maybe we'll even be seeing Emily here in the show again if it flows, to just ask that inner voice whatever questions that come to mind in the future in a fun and spontaneous way. So there you have it. If you want to find show notes for this episode, you can go over to jesslively.com slash emilypart2. And if you want to find me on Instagram, you can find me at jessc, as in can you feel the love tonight lively. And until next week, may something wonderful happen to you today. <laughs>